0: and what it's like to have your whole life turned upside down and the unexpected challenges that come with a life-saving drug. You can listen to Breathless now wherever you get your podcasts.
1: One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes.
0: Nice dress. Uh, it's, a, it's a t-shirt.
1: Until you tried it on. Same
2: goes for your health care.
0: Hi, baby.
3: Hello, my love. We're back. We're here.
0: We're back. Here we are. Back in the same room.
3: Like five feet apart.
0: Literally five feet apart. Mm-hmm. Just like that fucking sweet movie about CF that you haven't watched yet, which yeah. absolutely blows my mind. Actually, Todd was asking how good it was the other day and asked if he should watch it.
3: Did, you, did he know it was about CF?
0: Yeah, yeah. I told him all about it. Okay. He, and I was like, it's a, you know, it's like your teen romantic drama. And he was like, that's right up my alley. And I was like, yeah, dude, grab some tissues, fucking hunker down, bawl your eyes out. Think, I think of me.
3: I saw a photo of Flora and Stella um, bawling after watching that movie.
0: I sent that, I texted that photo to Justin Baldoni. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I was like, dude, my nieces just went to go see it. And uh, you, this is their reaction. And he he texted back and was like, oh my God, they're so sweet. And then I sent the response to Stella. Stella's what? She's our 14. niece. She's 14. Mm. She's fucking in love with Justin. <laughs> and uh, and she she was like, give him my number. Like, give him my number. <laughs> tell him to text me. And I was like, I am not pouring <laughs> your number out to fucking Justin Baldoni.
3: Is he just twice twice her age? Is he in is 30? Uh,
0: Justin Baldoni? Yeah. I don't know, man. He's probably I don't know. He's probably like he's probably like 30, 30. I'm going to guess, let's see. You know Beld- I'm going to I'm going to guess 37. But like looks like he's 29. Justin Oh my god, those Bell. ages
3: seem very close together to me.
0: What? Come on. It's funny though. 29 37? Get the yeah. fuck out of here.
3: No, it's I mean
0: Oh, dude, 36 years old. He's, oh. he's as old as you.
3: He's my age. When's Babe. His, when's his birthday?
0: January 24th, 1984. Oh, wow, you're, he's you're exactly little...
3: one month older than me. That's almost. right. Almost. Well, I'm, tw- I'm the 26th of
0: February. How fucking good looking is this dude, eh?
3: Is he good looking?
0: Justin? Oh, yeah. Oh, he's yeah. good looking. He's a handsome, handsome boy.
3: He doesn't have, from the videos and stuff I've seen, the only thing I can say about, he's good looking for sure. He's totally good looking. He doesn't have a lot of edge He's like really nice.
0: He, you know what, Justin? If you're listening, <laughs> uh, it's true. She's she's she fucking nailed it. You, you're you're the ni- He is literally the nicest human on the planet. Mm-hmm. I I when we he was on Sick Boy and uh, and you know we like we fuck around on that show. Yeah, and he I I was like a little worried.
3: That he wasn't gonna get it? No,
0: no, after we recorded, I was like, I I hope he doesn't like message us and say, Don't put that out. Oh. Um but he didn't. He's he's a he's a fucking rad guy. Okay. Anyway, um, talking about sexy men. Speaking of sexy men. Yeah. Uh how does it feel to be back in my presence?
3: (laughs) 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 Uh well. I definitely, I'll tell you one thing. You don't have to answer that. Your humor doesn't, uh, it doesn't hit as well. It doesn't land as well when there's a a delay over the phone line.
0: I know, dude. Fuck that whole thing. Although, I went to to the Atlantic Podcast Summit here in Halifax on the weekend. Oh, how was it? It was great. And uh, learned of some new technology that we can use next time you're away. We can talk about it when we're not on the mics.
3: All right, sounds great.
0: Um, so we're back. Uh, we've got a wicked, wicked episode for you guys today. Um, I am so effing excited. This, I think this, so Eva Clay was on our show a couple weeks ago. We got a bunch of people writing in to tell us like...
3: More, please. Yeah, yeah.
0: They were like, holy fuck, we love Eva. And mm-hmm. if you love Eva, which I did, I like Eva might have been one of my like m- most mind blown conversations that we've ever had on the show, then...
3: I was too in my head about how close I was sitting to her.
0: You you were basically (laughs) on her lap. Um, Then we recorded today's episode and my mind was blown even further. Yeah. So uh, Jessica, our guest, which we will get to in a bit... uh, Oh man! Cool lady. What a fucking cool lady! Yeah, yeah. I'm really into it. Actor,
3: um, author, filmmaker, meditation teacher. Yeah, I mean relationship, sex, and spiritual guide. See,
0: that's what she was. Yeah. I mean, like, I'm sure, I'm sure she does act and and all those <laughs> other things. But in that conversation, yeah, she felt like my fucking sex guru. Yeah, she. I was like, you get me.
3: Yeah, <laughs> like, cool. I f- like
0: I felt like we were. I don't know. I felt like she was. She was talking deep, deep, yeah. deep into my heart. And I really loved it. And
3: I think it really built very nicely on the conversation that we had with Jamie last week and the conversation we had with Eva the week before. I feel like at Eva, we took a real real hard left. We we closed our
0: eyes and dived in headfirst into the deep end of the pool without knowing how to swim with Eva. Mm -hmm. And then like we kind of came up for a bit of a breath with Jamie. Yeah. But we were still in the deep end. And now I feel like... With Jessica, it's like we've all, we've just all of a sudden learned how to Michael Phelps.
3: Oh, <laughs> wow.
0: And we're doing lanes, laps.
3: She coached you that hard, eh? You are an Olympic uh, swimmer?
0: I mean, I don't know. No, I just felt like, I don't know. I guess the listeners will find out.
3: Yeah. I think uh, I, if you've been following along the last couple of episodes, then. Then awesome. If you're if this is the first episode you turned on, I would say back it up.
0: Oh, uh, oh, you want to
3: start here? You think was, they should start right here?
0: I was gonna say, fuck yeah, this is a great place to start. Well,
3: the reason I say this, okay, is because, um, so the last I was gonna say the last three episodes we've done. like when when we when we first spoke to Eva, I felt like, you know, we took a a big. Uh, Turn in the direction of some more like spiritual matters about sexuality.
0: Definitely. A lot of the we, tantra, yeah. you know, like that practice. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Big time about practice. Yes. Such a big time about practice. And
0: like the sexual spiritual practice of life. Yeah. Yeah. Of yeah, yeah, life. Yeah. yeah Not yeah, even yeah, just yeah, yeah.
3: engaging with another yeah. human or humans. But um yeah, and I, I feel like we don't do a lot of that in our podcast. But there are some podcasts, a lot of podcasts, where they almost exclusively cover that kind of stuff.
0: Does it affect your bona? Yeah.
3: Exactly. Where it's kind of hard, it's kind of hard to feel like it's a grounded conversation. Do you know what I mean?
0: I know what you mean because I can only handle so much of that world.
3: Yeah. I agree. I, I do love
0: it and I love getting lost in it every once in a while. Yeah. But then I also like to come back and be like, hey, t- like t- tell me about the... Your boner. Yeah. T- yeah. Tell me about the, you know, the first time you had anal. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that kind of stuff. Yeah. Speaking of, I got a question for you after about okay. anal.
3: Okay. After on the recording or after no, like private time? No, no, no. A-
0: after <laughs> this piece and
2: then we'll go into um, the anal thing.
3: Yeah. So I... I The reason I say if this is the first episode you're listening to, go back and... um. And like maybe listen to all three together because I think that, I think it will be true. And I don't know because I haven't listened since we recorded this, that there will be things that we talk about with Jessica that will just make a lot more sense if you've listened to the conversations we've had with Jamie and the conversation we'd have with Eva because Eva was kind of the intro to this path that we, you know, we, yeah, you know, it just seemed to be the way that the guests were lined up that that we kind of went in this direction. For yeah. A, because a we are,
0: while. we were releasing, um, in chronological order. So it yeah. just kind of lined up this way. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was good. It, this, this week's episode is a good way to kind of just like, it was a nice little neat bow on top of this gift. Mm. <clears throat> um, all right. Well, uh, instead of, uh, just fucking yammering on about what's <laughs> to come. Um, uh, let me ask you this. It's a personal question about my own well-being. I, uh, how do you know if you have a hemorrhoid? I don't think I've ever had a hemorrhoid in my life, but I have a weird feeling in my butthole. Mm -hmm. And all I can think is maybe that's what a hemorrhoid is.
3: Okay. You know what I'm going to have to ask you to do is be more specific about what you mean by weird.
0: I feel like I... No, 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 no. No, Okay,
3: wait. Let me... Give me like... Tell me... Sensations, rather than <laughs> I feel like something did this to my butt.
0: Okay, all right, you knew where I was going there. <laughs> yeah. Uh the sensation is if my if my butthole was a very tight donut uh-huh. on the left side of the donut hole, but inside the donut hole. Uh-huh. So I guess all, around the interior. back, around the back end of it. Yeah, interior, just a little bit on the left side. It's like. It feels like bruised and it only feels bruised if I cough, if I kind of like engage my like perineum, you know, like if I yeah. like, uh, that's it.
3: Yeah. Could be a, could be a hemorrhoid. Could be a hemorrhoid. So, so,
0: so here's the other thing. I've taken my finger and I've, i like my thumb
3: you put it in and right? I put
0: it, no, 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 no. Why not? Cause I'm, af- cause I'm afraid because of that feeling. Okay. But I placed my thumb like right on the bottle. Like I've just like gone like, yeah. like.
3: Is that the first time you've ever touched your butthole?
0: Like that, like just like kissed it, like with, with my thumb. thumb, and uh, it's super, just regular, smooth, soft, perfect butthole as usual.
3: Yeah, so it's only on the inside.
0: It's only on the inside. This feeling. So,
3: so hemorrhoids
0: can they be internal? Uh, yes. Oh, I thought they were always like out dangling. No. Oh huh. no, dude, I don't know shit about butthole health.
3: No, that's a that's a good question. I.
0: It's for sure not cancer.
3: I rem- I know, no, it's not for sure not cancer. Oh, no. Fuck. I don't know the I can't guarantee that.
2: Okay.
3: Um but right. uh if it doesn't go away or if it gets worse over the next um week or so, I would definitely How
0: long do hemorrhoids usually last, do you know? Uh
3: you can have them forever. They could never go away. Um,
0: you could have that, yeah No
3: Yeah, you can have What? Yeah, you can have a permanent hemorrhage
0: Forever? Yeah, yeah What the fuck are you talking about?
3: Yeah, sometimes they don't go away Sometimes people get them surgically removed What?
0: Yeah Dude, I thought this was like Get the fuck out of here, what? How did I not know this?
3: Yeah Yeah I read Get the fuck out of here Okay, so I had an external one one time yeah,
0: and like I a dangler.
3: was like, and I was like, and, but I've had them internally as well. Okay, S- especially after anal oh, it
0: happens. That's yeah. a fucking... I didn't have anal.
3: Okay, well, anyway, um, and I was reading up on like how to get rid of them, and you Dude, can this. get different like medicines like at the pharmacy or whatever, like hemorrhoid yeah. cream preparation. Yeah, that's, or yeah, that's what
0: I thought. I thought you just put the cream on. There's and then...
3: a really great uh, uh, Chinese medicine. Tube that I've seen that I have actually because I ordered it online. It, it's like
0: where is this going? A tube?
3: It's a tube. Well, it's a tube of medicine. Oh, but okay. I can't read it. Okay. It's completely in Chinese. I was
0: picturing a tube. Sorry, I was like, you put the hemorrhoid in the tube and then lock it off for a week and then it just falls off.
3: Okay, no, but oh, no, I did read that some people try to tie off their own. No. But that could be very dangerous.
0: Yeah, no shit. <laughs> um, Don't tie off anything ever.
3: Yeah, I was very tempted because I was like, I oh, can't dude, have no. this. I can't have this. Um, and yeah, and some of them never go away. And some, surgically, it's there are a lot of reports that surgery seems to be just as likely to cause you a lifetime of pain, dude fuck that then yeah, no, no, no. then the hem- more, more so than the hemorrhoids. well it's not i'm
0: not I'm not in excruciating pain it's just a general discomfort that i'm not used to, and if this was the rest of my life, I'd be totally fine,
3: yeah, well, what I would do um
0: i should i honestly I just need to look at my butthole first i just haven't looked at it yet
3: have you how many how often do you look at your butthole? <laughs>
0: I've looked directly into the eye of my butt. Yeah. Mm, 3 times in my life? Okay. Yeah, maybe 3 times.
3: All within
0: And once was just because I had I I was really sick in the hospital and I was taking like crazy amounts of antibiotics. Yeah. And I had what's called anal thrush. This is, this podcast is fucking <laughs> gross. I'm, I'm sorry Jessica if you're listening to your episode <laughs> and this is how we decided to start it. But I had anal thrush, which is like a yeast infection on your like all up your ass crack. Yeah. And I wasn't looking at my butthole, I was just looking at the crack, but I saw it when I looked at it. You in.
3: saw it? It yeah. was the first time?
0: Yeah. And then the other... And then so this the, was
3: fairly recently. Yeah, but then... Yeah. You and took then, your
0: first look. No, no, no. That wasn't the first time. And then I, I also looked at it after I got it uh, waxed, when I got my butthole waxed. Oh, yeah. That was cool. And then uh, I think I looked at it when I was like, I don't know, like young teens. I mean, I, I don't really have much like reason to be looking at my butthole. My butthole is always awesome. That's the thing. So that's why I'm kind of tripping out about this like weird right. feeling because I'm like, what is going on? My butthole is usually have a
3: little. You might have a little hemorrhoid. You might have a little. Uh, uh, I don't know. How's your <laughs> bowel so movement? Fucked. This
0: is so fucked. Gonna, no, that's not going into okay. that. Okay,
3: I mean, that's yeah. for
0: sick boy. We can save that. You for know another what? Podcast.
3: It is. It is funny. Like, you're like, yeah, sure. I'll. I like. I'll look at my body. You know, th- we take for granted. I'll look at my body. I will look at my body naked. I'll look at my genitals and then when you ask people how often they look at their butthole it's like first of all like even i get nervous before i look at mine
0: which is really funny because like i've probably seen your butthole more than you've seen your own yeah totally i've seen becca's butthole way more than she's seen her own
3: yeah but like for me to go check my out mine out i need to like
0: you gotta prep first of all
3: i need to like yeah, I need to mentally prepare myself.
0: You also need to physically be in like a right, like... You, you to get you, you, the right position. You got to have the right mirror. Yeah. You know? Like you
3: could squat over the ground over a mirror. That might be the better way.
0: What mirror do we have that you can do that with? No,
3: we don't. But you'd, if you had one, you could sit on the ground. Yeah, you that could. That might be yeah, helpful. Because yeah. I've heard that's the best way to shave your butthole.
0: I'm not... In a squat I'm position. not even going to get started on how you shush, just shouldn't do that yourself.
3: Why? I've done it tons of times.
0: What? Oh my God. Come on, people. There's no
3: hair on your butthole. It's just on the sides of your butt crack.
0: And you're not nicking it?
3: You have to be very careful and you have to squat because standing up, you're going to nick it.
0: See, this is what I'm saying is like, don't nick it. Just look, save up a little bit of money and go get somebody to do it with a hot wax. Yeah. For sure. Anyway, whatever. That's a personal thing.
3: I wonder if... Waxing your butthole can cause hemorrhoids, like if the if the waxer puts wax on your butthole. Because they
0: it, definitely it, put it on your butthole, do they not?
3: Well, there's no hair there.
0: Man, I bet, dude. I'm telling you right now, Taylor has hair coming out of his butthole for sure. I've met some hairy people.
3: Okay, and it, okay, I don't want to really want to talk about that. Okay, let's
0: but. change it up. Um, <laughs> so, uh, speaking of, well, let's keep it silly though. You know, we we we. Uh, you know what? let's keep it silly because the news sucks um, the balls right now, yeah um, and I'm also I'm all sorts of bummed out because I was supposed to go to San Diego next week for a fucking huge huge gig, like a life-changing gig.
3: yeah
0: and it's fucking cancelled now because of um, some dumb virus. So I feel like the world's coming to an end. there's a there's a little bit of t- there's too much negativity in the news. Yep. And so we are here to make people, A, uh, a little happier, a little hornier, and a little more silly. So let's keep it on the silly train for okay. a second. Okay. We'll get real in a minute, but let's... Um, I've, I have I have a new segment for us. Okay. So you know how we have a segment called Just the Tips? Yeah. Where we give recommendations, yeah. which we will be coming to in a second. Uh, I have a new segment and I don't know what the name of, of it is. So either you fucking come up with a name, or or listeners, you can send one to us at it, Turn Me On Podcast on Instagram or Turn Me On Podcast at Gmail Yeah, I love Reddit, and okay. I've 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 had to like cancel a bunch of my my Reddit follows because it's getting so negative. Oh. And so uh, I'm really selective on like what I'm following on Reddit now, like what my, what my subreddits are. Okay. And one that I've always loved is called Ask Reddit. Okay. And people ask questions and I've actually, I've, i put a couple questions out to Ask Reddit and you know, you usually get re- replies.
2: Okay.
0: Um, and you can, oftentimes people are really silly on there with their answers, but if you put like serious, like serious question, you know, the people will answer seriously. It's a great place to like, just get opinions on stuff but one thing that's been happening recently on ask reddit is like everyone it's it's like it's it's running rampant where people are asking sexualized questions so it's all sex questions okay it's like like questions like does like does size matter like and, and things like that
2: mm-hmm.
0: it's really interesting to see and then it's really fun to like read the responses so one that's come in i, I this is so this is the new segment i'm gonna i'm gonna find an ask reddit thread okay that's been that's all sexy time sounds and then good. i'm gonna ask you what your thoughts are all right all right
3: i like this so I here just we go sit here and think
0: this one's for you sounds great if you could get 100 dollars per jerk off for life or get 1 million dollars for one time which would you choose and why so you're giving the jerk off you're jerking somebody off yeah Would you choose $100 per jerk-off for the rest of your life? Or would you just take $1 million for one jack and then you're done?
3: How many jerk-offs? How many $100 jerk-offs until I get a million? It's
0: a lot. So if you did one jerk-off... I did the math before this. If you did one jerk-off a day for a year, you would have 36... uh, Three, uh, I think it's like, oh fuck! You'd have three
2: hundred
0: and sixty dollars. <laughs> <laughs> fuck! I tried to do the math. I thought I had it. Hold on, hold on. Okay, wait. So let's let's do the math here. So thirty. Uh, so <laughs> it's a leap year. So <laughs> make sure it's idiot. it's it's three hundred and
3: sixty six days. All right.
0: So one hundred times three hundred and sixty five. All right. Just a standard year. You'd have right. that's what I thought. So okay. thirty six thousand five hundred. Dollars a year a year yeah if you jerked off uh, one penis a day or you know jerk off however you take the word jerk off flick a bean whatever yeah somebody else's now to get to a million you would have to do that I believe for 27 years once a day every Can day give me a fucking million dollars but think about this though that's one day that's one a day if you if you did like five a day Five jerk offs a day?
3: Yeah. How long would I have to do it until I had the same amount of money? I don't know. <laughs> okay, well
2: I think Well let's do
0: the math. Five hundred I... times three sixty five is one hundred and eighty two thousand five hundred. So one so I do one million divided by that, right? And that's how many y- days.
3: Yeah, so I'll do the one million.
0: Divided by one hundred and eighty two thousand five hundred. Okay, one eight two five hundred.
3: So I would have to do that for five and a half years.
0: Dude, five and a half years, five dicks a day.
3: But I'll tell you what, I wouldn't be having my own sex life.
0: Mm. true. You but know that, what I mean? but that's okay. Right, you wouldn't. But then that's five years where you're, you've got million a million dollars if you did it. If you did it for 10 years, you got $2 million.
3: No, give me the $1 million. Just
0: 1, million, $1 jerk off, yeah, eh? Yeah, I See, okay, interesting. I don't interesting. need
3: more than $1 million. The world is ending. It's true. I just need, you know, I don't need anything. But if I was to have $1 million, there's plenty of things I could do with that right now that would... and And I think I could probably last a really good amount of my... I could maintain a fairly good quality of life if I wanted and not work for a number of years. Um, also, I don't know. I mean, I guess hundred dollars,
0: a hundred dollars a day. If you just did it once a day for a month, that's three thousand one hundred dollars of work for a month.
3: Yeah, I don't think it would be worth my own sacrificing my own sex life for. Because, like, are they a different person every day? or is it the same person every day?
0: Well, I think it I, I you know what? It it doesn't specify the question. I think it's just I mean just you just got to jerk off. It, it I don't think it matters. You know what? It's just per jerk off. I mean, I, you could choose. You could do you could do the same person every day. You could
3: I think it would become a chore. I, I think it would just really it would get really difficult to make a million dollars at $100 a pop because But think about
0: how good you would get.
3: I would have some sort of repetitive Shh. muscle strain yeah, wrist you, joint strain yeah
0: but you have two hands you two arms i mean you could mix it up you could do your feet you could uh you know so you've got you've got four limbs okay hear me out four limbs think about how good you'd get and how quick you'd finish Pfft, fuck after the first like month you know
3: i don't know i don't think it's how good you i think every every body is different so I don't think you can use the same same techniques and expect them to go the same way no
0: but if you become a professional at it if that's your job and you are doing it that much yeah for sure you would you're you become a savant
3: I think I would lose I think I would first of all I think I would really start to hate if I was limiting myself to just penises first of all I'd start I think I'd start to hate them right um and You know, if it was one person a day, male, female, non-gendered, you know, just to their body, I don't know. I just don't want to resent people. And I I don't want to be in the middle of like performing an act and be like, ugh, I I... have to follow this through because it's my job.
0: What if, yeah, okay. All right. You know? Last question then. Last question. Yep. What if it wasn't even a person, it was just, well, if it was a person, but it was just through a glory hole, you didn't have to look at them, see them, fucking interact with them at all. Just a...
3: I could, a, like, be scrolling on my phone and yep, stuff. just the thing. I'd still just take the million dollars. Wow. Wow, yeah. okay.
0: Yeah. I think I'm going for $100 a day, every day.
3: All right. We'll see who gets... My
0: forearms would feel great. It'd be fucking great for my climbing, my jujitsu.
3: Oh, Yeah. Yeah, I suppose. It, I mean I don't have a ton of upper body strength,
0: so Yeah. Cool. Well
3: Yeah, thanks. Good question.
0: Yeah, so uh find a name for that segment and we'll uh, Is we'll it start. always
3: gonna come from Reddit?
0: It's always ask Reddit. Okay. Yeah. All
3: right. Well I'll come up with a name. How about uh what? I mean
0: it, w- our fans came up with the the name just the tips. Oh okay. So okay,
3: let's leave it up to you
0: folks. Then. So yeah, I mean Yeah. If you got any suggestions.
3: Yeah, any suggestions. What about uh what about your just the tips? Do you have adjusted tips this week?
0: Yeah, um, Japanese whiskey. Oh. Dude, they are doing it right. Really? Yeah. How so? That bottle right there. Grab that bottle. Just run over there and grab that. What does that say? It's Santori whiskey, I believe.
3: Uh, oh, I think I tried. No, wait. Did you get this since I've been gone?
0: This is a sexy whiskey. I got this on PEI when I went over for your dad's celebration of life (laughs)
3: first and
0: uh, yeah, for his living wake. (laughs) And, um, it is called Santori whiskey Toki. Um, I have a, I mean, I have like a hard on for Japan always and, and forever anyway, but this stuff is it is If you like whiskey, it is a very sweet, very dessert, like very smooth, very easy drinking whiskey. Uh, it's beautiful. It's a beautiful drink. Um, Japanese whiskey. They know what's up. It's fun. I've never gotten into Japanese whiskey before. um, And uh, yeah, I'm totally in love with it. How about you, Bride? What's your just the tips?
3: um, My just the tips is, uh, well, um, I was going to say singing is you should be singing on a daily basis as the top of your lungs because we don't do that ever. And it's so silly that we don't do that because it feels so good. And what reminded me of that was listening to Sarah Harmer's new album. And I love her voice and I love her poetry. I love her writing. And I was um, obsessed with this album that she put out 20 years ago called You Were Here. And I know after I, I know every lyric on that record. And while I was on my trip still, we got to Colorado and there was a bathtub. We stayed in a, in a hotel or in this really great place called the A-Lodge. Um, and there was a bathtub and I was like, this is the bomb. I'm going to have a bath every day, coming out of the desert, coming out of camping. It's going to be amazing. And I put on the original album of hers that I loved. And I realized as I was in the tub singing at the top of my lungs that I knew every lyric to that record.
0: Do I, Sarah Hermer, do I know Sarah Hermer? You you would know some of Sarah Harmer What is the um, What is the album that you're referring to?
3: Uh, her new one?
0: No the one that you were like I, It's
3: called you, you Were Here
0: You Were Here Yeah You Were Here Sarah Harmer And what's like a What's the jam? Like basement apartment? Yeah You that. know this
3: Oh and also
0: Oh yeah Tap trips all night, water torture I hope it's okay that we're playing this the
3: burning, cool. but it's still cold um, Is that the Don't get your back up over this that song? was on
0: the radio Are her and your sister homies? Um,
3: I don't know Maybe I've never heard God, Tara I mean, mention like, her
0: Tara and her they, They're so similar like yeah. in their in their genre, you know. Like, well,
3: she's uh, Sarah's considered alternative.
0: Well, what's Tara?
3: F- like folk.
0: Right. Whatever. It's all the fucking same. Alternative dude. folk. Yeah. Folk alternative. Whatever.
3: Adult. Easy listening. Yeah.
0: Yeah. You know what? They're all that. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Well. Yeah. So Pearl, Sarah.
0: Pearl Jam would be like alternative. Like, come on, whatever. Right. It's All the okay. fucking same.
3: But anything that came out like mid 90s to mid 2000s is just alternative (laughs) that's right no matter what it is
0: Moby alternative
3: (laughs) Um, so yeah so I would uh, I would my just the tips is revisit your favorite album to sing at the top of your lungs to and spend some time doing that
0: yeah I saw Matt Good this weekend oh and what a fucking nostalgic trip that was I bet yeah fuck yeah yeah I was about to start singing it. Yeah, (laughs) that's what Um, I'm talking about. Turn me on. We'll be right back after this word from our sponsors. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it.
2: All
0: right, cool. Do you want to... Uh, Cheese, we're already 30 minutes in. Should we... Let, let's do a brain burner because I don't think we did one last week or... The week before, perhaps, um, even. This... All right, we're going to get real for a sec before we throw to Jessica's episode.
3: Yep. Okay? Yep.
0: This comes in from Instagram. Um, I'm going to keep the name away. Yep. Uh, Braddy and Jeremy. I've had problems with sex as long as I could remember. To give some background context, I was raped by my older brother when I was 8 to 14 years old. I don't remember much of that time in my life. As an adult, I've gone to therapy to discuss these issues. The problem is, I feel nothing when I have sex with a partner. I have never orgasmed. I put on a fake mask like I'm an actor in a play. My main goal is to make the other person happy. I'm afraid to tell my partner that I feel absolutely nothing when having sex and much rather sexy time with myself. I feel kind of uncomfortable telling him what I do in my sexy time, as some couples do when they have a funk in their sex lives, as it involves rape and incest fantasies. If I had it my way, I'd stop having sex altogether and forever masturbate. I'm afraid if I tell him that our sex life and my orgasms are all for show, he'll leave. What should I do? Am I destined to have a soulless sex life?
2: Hmm.
3: Well, I mean, you didn't give us any indication of whether you are, um, have a- ever gone through any sort of therapy or anything like that? No,
0: no. Yeah. Uh, they said I, I have, I've gone to therapy to discuss these, it, oh, these issues. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah. The issues of the, of the, Of the rape
3: Yeah Have Have you gone to therapy For like sex therapy Because There's a difference between like Talk therapy And dealing with like The emotional and psychological Side of that But there's also like Your body holds trauma From From past sexual experiences I think And And uh, And I think it's worthwhile Talking to like Some of the people we've spoken to That have like vaginismus or things where they're like, their body just can't accept pleasure or accept like sex or whatever. And it's like, it's psychological, but it, it might require more looking into than, 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 I don't know the, the issue of the familial, like the family, the incest, Mm. the, all that kind of stuff. Like, the Body still might hold, so there might be some body work you can do, yeah, to help yourself feel something. Because you, if you say that you would rather just like not deal with it, that's a message you're sending to your body as to well, to yourself,
0: yeah, yeah. I think that's a good point. I think to touch on like something specific that's in here, um, uh, the fact that uh, you know, and again, like. Probably seeing a therapist is is probably the best idea here to like speak through like talk through those issues, but um there's there's nothing wrong with those with fantasies rape fantasies or yeah. incest fantasies. They're uh, very common. They're very common. Um it is it is a thing that that is like fully okay. Um and to I don't you know there again there's a lot that's not in here but um there's no if you are with a partner that you feel really comfortable with and that you love um uh I highly suggest bringing that up and being like fully open and honest about it mm-hmm. because like you know the the big thing here is that you You're afraid to tell your partner that you feel absolutely nothing. However, when you get yourself off and you use these fantasies, you actually do feel something. So what happens if you tell your partner, listen, I feel absolutely nothing when you and I have sex. When I do it myself, these are the things I think about and it works. Mm -hmm. Would you be up for exploring that side of things with me and see where that takes you? Yeah. I mean fuck who knows. Like if if you've if you're with someone who's like, sure babe, like let's let's go down that lane. Uh, you know, let I'll, I'll explore that with you. Yeah. Could be fireworks.
3: Yeah, cuz certainly the way it's happening right now is not sustainable. Totally,
0: right? Totally, yeah, 100%. So like something's got to change.
3: Yeah, because I mean you're probably not I mean I mean maybe you could live your whole life without having sex and only masturbating but probably not if you want to have a partner who also has their own sexual desires and needs and things like that like would you be open to your partner having a different sexual partner to have that satisfaction with and and then you be alone just masturbating to do your own thing yeah like i would ask yourself if that situation is if that arrangement is at all appealing because if it is and that could be a solution yep. for the time being, but as well. But
0: I think I think to answer your question at the very end, there: Am I destined to have a soulless sex life? I I absolutely don't think that at all.
3: We never give up.
0: We um, never, no,
3: there's no never say never. Never say never. No.
0: And and I think it just uh, you know look at the things that you are currently saying you you couldn't wrap your head around and and just just maybe open up a, open up just a little little bit more just to see what might happen if you did express um your quote-unquote like fucked up fantasies Mm -hmm. to your partner because Mm -hmm. you never know you never know great all right cool (laughs) there's that we did a brain butter you're welcome babe we're getting all the we're getting all the fucking segments in
3: yeah yeah
0: Jer's fucked up body. We did
3: it all. We're home together. Home together. Feet on the ground, feeling totally grounded.
0: Brain boners, just the tips. Just
3: knocking it right out of the park.
0: Red, reddit. Reddit. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. That's, we'll leave it to you. Red yes.
3: hot something. <laughs> yeah.
0: Red, yeah. I don't know. Um, okay. All well, right. Let's I, uh, throw
3: it to the episode since we talked it up so hard.
0: Yes. Let's throw it to this week's episode. Uh, if you are wondering how you can have... Uh, to give the most incredible blowjob and 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 have the most incredible oral sex with a stranger in a bathroom, then look no further. This is the fucking conversation for you. Um, our guest today, Jessica Graham Clark, was that is that the uh, did I nail that name? I hope so. Is it Clark Graham? Yeah. I'm always hyphenated names. Fuck my shit up. Yeah. Uh, can you bring it up so that I don't feel like such a tool right now?
3: Yeah. So I. believe on instagram here let's find her she is jessica clark graham god damn
0: it god damn it there's a guy who comes in the yoga studio who i who's a friend like i know yeah graham dexter yeah sorry sorry for throwing your name out there graham Uh, for years i was like hey dexter dexter graham well dexter graham
3: you know, there's, like, a Lewis Grant as well.
0: Yeah, kinda. yeah, yeah, always.
3: What is your first name, yeah, yeah. and which one is your last name?
0: Um, Jessica Clark, Clark Graham. Graham.
3: There's no E in the Clark sometimes okay. that, that is there. Yeah. But, um, yeah go, you
0: can... go check out her Instagram. Uh, we'll put it in the show notes. She is a fucking wicked, wicked guest. And, again, this is probably one of my, like, top three favorite episodes of all time. So I hope you enjoy it. As much as we did. And uh, good to have you back, baby.
3: Thanks, baby.
0: We'll see you all on the other side. Well, this is this is fun. Uh, we, you know, we're still here in LA. It's been weeks. Truly, it's been technically t- two days, but uh, the For the listeners the listeners has been weeks and weeks. Like we've like we live here, but we don't. Uh, and we're we we've been introduced to uh, a new friend uh, today, Jessica Graham. Do you do you do you include your middle name? When, when introducing someone to your when you introduce yourself to someone, are you like Jessica Clark Graham? Hello.
1: Oh, oh yeah. See, because Instagram didn't have Jessica Graham only because there's a lot of us, um, I used my hyphenated name. That's actually not my middle name. Oh, my full legal name is Jessica Clark Graham, Jessica Ah. Rose Clark Graham. Um, and so now a lot of people because of Instagram think that that's, and it is, it is my name, but generally I go by Jessica Graham. Um, but I'm sort of thinking about including the Clark since Instagram, I think is my most popular place. Yeah, (laughs) sure. Sure,
0: sure. Is it
3: a hyphenated name by, through a relationship or through your born with the hyphenated name?
1: Born with a hyphenated name. My, my father was Graham. My mother was Clark. She did not change her name. And you know, they were, uh, they were not certainly not old fashioned or traditional. And, uh, they wanted, they wanted to give me. Give me both names. So, you know, when I was a, uh, I don't know, late teens, I, mean, I started going by just Graham at some point. And part of that was like a take that mom. Yeah, and, right. and part of it was just for simplicity. Um, and then my sister kept Clark Graham and my other sister just goes by Clark.
3: So we sort of split it up. Great. Uh, and yeah, <laughs> that, beauty and, of having siblings. Yeah, yeah
0: right. <laughs> yeah. And now Instagram is forcing you into a direction that's, who knows, maybe we'll be fruitful and and new and fun
1: yeah exactly
0: um you are you're an actor you're an author you're a a meditation coach i've you just mentioned um before we started recording uh you have written a book that i feel like is going to be like right up a lot of our listeners alley um uh good sex getting off without checking out correct uh i i'm very curious about this book um i haven't read it um uh like i said we i don't know how to read so uh uh <laughs> but uh i'm looking forward to hearing about it um what what drew you what i mean why 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 write this book
1: so the very short version is a publisher contacted me and said will you write this book <laughs> and i was like okay i guess so um but the 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 better version is that um so at a very young age my mom introduced me to meditation And um, I was really into it. And I had a lot of like, as a young child, I had a lot of like kind of spiritual experiences, let's say. Um, But then life happened, and I had young parents, and there was alcoholism, and there was mental illness, and there was a line of that on both sides. And so I was more or less on my own at 14. And so by then, I was pretty far away from anything like that. Um, But I was very much at the beginning of my sexual exploration. Um, which was also something that I was very interested in from a young age. Some of the reasons I was interested in that were not so positive, but some of the reasons were just that I basically just came out that way. I was just interested in sex. I had, um, I mean, <laughs> I, when the song, when I think about you, I touch myself came out, like I was obsessed with it. And so I was this <laughs> little girl running around singing that song. I also had a shirt that said, I'm on fire. That I would wear <laughs> that had fringe. I was told I wasn't allowed to wear that in public at some point because people were like asking questions. So I was just like really into it. I just thought it was fascinating. Um, and so that combination, um, when I was about fourteen, um, I was very into drugs, lots of alcohol, and lots and lots of sex. And At fourteen. Yeah. Wow.
0: Wow. That's a. <laughs> uh, when, when did you? Uh, I. When. When did you come into your sexual debut? AKA losing your virginity. I don't, I don't like...
1: The term. I don't
0: like the term losing yeah. your virginity. But when was the first time you had sex?
1: Yeah, the first time I had sex, I was 14. Okay. And I felt like I needed to do it. And I do... This is outlined in the book. But I was like, I needed to just do this thing. Um, interestingly, I'd never even had a make-out session with anyone. And... I was somehow embarrassed about that like I felt like I need to just like take care of this and again some of that was just sort of naturally kind of who I was and how I operated and some of that was based on you know trauma and based on other not so positive aspects of my childhood and so it's a it's a combination mm. but I yeah I basically was like I, I need to do this thing and so I just made it happen you know and I write about that first experience in, in my book and um I wasn't drunk because I'd promised my mom I wouldn't drink that night, but I was very high. Um I'm not sure on probably probably smoked a lot of pot, but um but there was this guy, you know, he was either 17 or 18 and recently I was part of this uh common ground, I think it's called, where people come on and they talk about two different sides of a topic, and so I was on the side of pro premarital sex though i don't care you do what you want right but i'm <laughs> right, right. but i'm not anti premarital sex so they yes. put me on the pro premarital sex and it has like millions of views tons of the comments are about how i was raped all these people commented that oh that girl was raped which is really interesting because I definitely, that experience was not rape. <laughs> like I know that experience is not rape. And I the guy actually asked for my consent and this is back in the early nineties. So right. this is like before <laughs> we were even talking about this stuff in a, the way we are now. Um, but it was like very transactional. It was just like, all right, I did it. It's done. Um, and then I think the next time I had sex, I do consider rape and I didn't, um, when I wrote the book in the book, I tell the story. Um, I was on LSD. I was high. I was drunk and he was 20 and he'd been basically, um, um, what's the word grooming me. He'd been Mm. grooming me for, Mm. since I was 12. And at the time I was just like, Oh my God, like he really does like me. He wants to, am I allowed to curse? Yeah. Fuck fuck (laughs) He wants to like, fuck me in this field when I'm like, like, I mean, I, barely remember it I remember asking for a condom and him saying we didn't need one
0: was that the same year like 14
1: it was it was the same year 14 was a big year for me yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah you know when I wrote the book I wrote the story and I said you know I don't consider myself um, uh, a rape survivor though you might in the same situation but I don't but I don't consider it to be consensual but then when I went to do the audiobook version um, and I'm in the booth recording it I could not get through that section. I just started sobbing. Wow. Yeah. And I was like, okay, like th- there's something processing here. But the thing is, is that was um, right when Me Too started. Mm-hmm. So I wrote my book before that. Mm-hmm. And then I started recording the audiobook after. And um, I had like read so many stories and so many of them I related to. And I was like, holy moly. And just everyone was talking about it. And it was this big cultural shift that was occurring. And it ch- it totally changed like my emotional and psychological experience of what had happened. And so I do consider that rape. I mean, I was 14 and I was completely incapacitated mm. and he was 20 and he'd been working on it for a couple of years. So, um, you know, it's it, it, and then from there, you know, I think from there I had one boyfriend who um, I don't think liked vaginas or vulvas or any any part of the vulva I don't think he really liked and um but not because he wasn't straight um but I just think it like grossed him out um and so he wouldn't like he was just not into it so I somehow came up with a plan that I was going to fake every orgasm though I don't know how I had the orgasms because he didn't touch me <laughs> but um I I had this boyfriend and then and then I was like never again I was like Basically, like, I'm in charge, I'm gonna get mine. And sex became a hobby, a sport, something that um, I never faked anything ever again. Mm. Um, and I really loved it. And I had an amazing, fun sex life for all my teen years and my early 20s. And I had really dysfunctional relationships and more functional, you know, a varying degree. But sex was always really important to me. Um, but then I got sober. And then I started meditating and then I had a year of celibacy. And then when I came back to sex, um, I was like, wait a second. This could be really, really, really different as a result of just being present in my body for the first time. Mm. And it was. And so that kind of started what I would call my sexual awakening. And that's what led to like writing a blog, which led to being found by a publisher, which led to the book
0: after that year of celibacy and coming back and like having this reawakening of, of or like you know having this new formed relationship to what sex is and can be did you still view sex as as a as a hobby or as a sport because i've never heard anyone refer to sex like that and i love that <laughs> i love the thought of that of being like yeah you know what it's kind of a, a I'm an sport. athlete. I'm an athlete. Yeah. <laughs> well, this
1: is the thing and I'm going to jump way ahead, but like mm-hmm. I totally was. Like, I mean I got in trouble recently at a very prestigious place um where I was speaking. And I was I started my talk saying I want to be open and vulnerable with you and tell you, you know, I put this book out and since then I've been dealing with serious um chronic illness it's gotten much worse and what i used to be able to do i can't do and i was like i let me tell you i used to fuck like a porn star and it was like crickets and i was like and i mean i mean look and then there was like really bad feedback like like betrayal to all women (laughs) i was like oh man um no i don't that doesn't mean that I changed the way that I, it, it's, it's about reading your audience. Right. But, um, it's important to me that there is somebody talking about sex. Who's not talking about Tantra. Who's not talking about orgasmic meditation. Who's not talking about some specific set of like, of, you know, dogma or whatever. Like that's actually just like talking frankly. So I can talk to you about how to, um, use your Sexuality as a vehicle for spiritual awakening and for a total paradigm shift with your long-term monogamous partner, but I can also talk to you about how to have the same experience with a stranger in a bathroom, giving them a blowjob. You know, mm. and people are freaked out by that um, because they want their sex. Even their positive sex in a certain container. I've even I've gotten in trouble with sex positive folks too because I say, um, and by sex positive I mean like the very a very the very specific community of it. Um, because I believe that if you think you're addicted to porn or to sex, then that's for you to decide. It's not for me to decide. And so in the book, I talk about that and I say some people consider that to be the case that they're addicted and and I know some of those people. I also know other people that don't believe that that's possible um Mm -hmm. and i don't i'm not gonna give an opinion on what is true for you and so i've
3: gotten in trouble on that side of the spectrum too um which is okay i'm fine with that yeah yeah yeah. if you're not ruffling feathers then you might not be saying anything important
0: (laughs) you know you're a bit boring (laughs)
3: she plays it real safe you know (laughs)
2: yeah
3: um, that's all super awesome. And I'm glad to hear you say that because, uh, we, you know, we just inter- we interviewed Eva Clay, um, yesterday who is a Tantra teacher. Mm-hmm. We just interviewed Jamie who does a lot of, you know, he does acting coaching, but he speaks very much to about, you know, a certain type of practice, a container. Um, I would love to hear how, uh, how giving a stranger a blowjob in the bathroom can be a spiritual experience. And I think our listeners would, too.
0: I I most certainly would,
3: yes. (laughs) Great. So, okay.
1: So for a lot, a lot of people, even people who quite like sex like I did, um, and I still do, but I did when I was younger as well, um, there's a disconnect from what's actually happening in the body. We're in the mind. Whether we're in fantasy By the way, nothing wrong with fantasy. Um, or we're in anxiety about how we look or how we're going to orgasm or if we're going to orgasm, et cetera. Um, we don't actually really feel the immensity of what sexual interaction can be. And that includes with ourselves, just in masturbation. You know, we when I work with a client um, or clients, you know, I work with couples as well one of the first things I suggest folks do is get on this mindful masturbation regimen. And it's just about learning to actually feel the body while you're engaging sexually, which this isn't to say that people are not feeling their bodies. It's just it's so focused on that final moment, you know, that orgasm, Um, or it's focused on the more obvious sensations. And there's just so much going on physically during sex. There's lots of reasons we don't want to be in our bodies during sex, trauma, pain, um, maybe we don't actually like the person we're having sex with, but we don't want to admit it to ourselves, all of these things. Um, so learning to be present in the body during sex, um, yes, it will um, revolutionize your sex life, but it also change your life. And it might kind of mess your life up for a little while because um, what, you, what once worked for you might stop working. So we start there. We start to learn to be in the body during sexual experience. And in doing that, we start to have radical consent with ourselves. um, Which comes before the conversation with someone else, right? I'm a hell yes inside of me. I had so much sex that I didn't say no to, but I didn't say yes to. And I certainly didn't say hell yes to, Hmm. right? Um, So I can look back at so many times I just forced myself to do it, you know? And we do that all the time, you know? And that's not to say that there aren't times in life, especially in longer term, partnerships where we have to work through some discomfort like I'm not in the mood and I haven't been in the mood for six months okay can I just be with that discomfort feel the discomfort of not being in the mood and maybe just engage at some level sexually right so it's not to say that we're we need to be 100% like I'm fully into this like all the time because that's not the case for some folks in with longer term partners but for the most part I say it needs to be a hell yes. And so learning to be in the body, understanding not just the physical sensations but the emotional sensations associated with sex allows us to know what's a hell yes and what's a maybe and what's a no and what's all the other gray area. Um, So the consent piece comes online. The embodiment piece comes online. By learning to observe and witness your emotional and mental experience, you start to get the communication part online as well. You start to be able to say what you want, say what you don't want, communicate with someone else about what they want and don't want. So all of these pieces are just, I mean, this is all just like good sex 101, right? But pieces get skipped over and maybe we're really good at the communication part, but not so good at the embodiment part or really great at being embodied, but don't know how to say something about what we're enjoying or not enjoying. So mindfulness and meditation can bring all of that up many notches so that we're in a place where um, consent and embodiment and communication are just normal but then from there again through practice and this can be practiced in a seated meditation once a day and then brought into sex is noticing all the movement and change in your body the flow like right now just sitting here we can all notice like our breath is moving in and out of our body that's a flow of sensation. And then we can notice maybe there's an area of some kind of pleasure somewhere in the body. Like I'm pretty caffeinated. I've had coffee and green tea today. And I can feel that moving through my body up and down my arms and my legs. It's a it's a sensation and it's dynamic and it's flowing. But then... I can also notice that there's in the carpet and even in the walls, there's a kind of flow. This is just because I've practiced this for a long time. And so you start to just be very tuned in, right? I can feel a sort of just flow of the, the, the air through the room, right? And if I wanted to, I could just start looking into your eyes, right? And before we know it, there starts to be and I see you're a yoga teacher, so like you know exactly what I'm talking about. There starts to be this like this flow of connection, right? We both have our clothes on, we're just sitting here with microphones talking, but there starts to be this inner connection, right, just like right now, right here, and you bring in all the sensations in your body and you bring in the breath and you bring in you know the sounds. And then here we are, right? And then you, you bring that kind of connection into a sexual experience, be it with your long-term partner or be it with the stranger in the bathroom. And if all of that is just somewhat normal for you because you've put the practice mm. in, then it's it takes something that would just, you know, be a cock in your throat and it becomes this like total mm. like flow of unfolding of new fresh wow here arising passing like alive and whether the person who you're giving a blowjob knows that's what's going on with you or not they know because then afterwards they go what the fuck was what with that blowjob job?
0: that yeah, job? That? yeah. <laughs> it, it's, it's interesting like you I feel like what you're saying is something that a lot of people can probably say, yeah, I've, I've been there. I've felt that I've done this, but I didn't know how. And I didn't know why I couldn't put my finger on it. All I know, like I'm thinking right now, like one of the most, one of the most mind blowing sexual experiences I've ever had in my entire life was a one night stand with someone that I truly did not know at all in a city that I was not familiar with. And the, you know, the whole encounter that lasted maybe uh, an hour in this person's space. And now I'm sitting here and I'm listening to you and I'm going, oh my God, that was it. That's what that was. Like there was that, that sense of connection that, and I don't know what it was that brought that on. Maybe it was the, maybe it was just the perfect amount of alcohol that got me out of my head and into some sort of place where I felt, um, very confident and comfortable in in having this connection with this other person. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know what it was, but it it was like it was very tangible and very real, and and I'll never forget it. But now to sit here and hear the someone put it to words makes me very excited
2: to kind of uh, to have sex. Again. Yeah, to
0: have sex again. You know, um, because it's not just that moment. There's there's other moments that I that I can kind of. That are popping up in my my memory right now. Of going, yeah, it was then too. Yeah, and it was with this person. And and uh, uh, yeah. Anyway, there's, I'm not really going anywhere with this, aside from saying I'm very. Ex- this makes me very excited to hear to hear someone put something to words. It's like the thing you know we talk about. There's the stuff you know, but you you don't you you f- you tend to forget until someone reminds you. Yeah, and then you're like, oh yeah, I already knew that. You know, I already knew that. This is going one step deeper. It's like
3: it's funny when it's when it's not I felt even this, just. But I didn't even know it. When yeah. it's not just like I I forgot that I knew that. It was like I think I was born with that knowledge. I think yeah, I, I was yeah, born right. knowing that, and then somewhere along the way, I forgot it. Because mm, mm-hmm. you hear it and you go, "That's right."
0: Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel that. Is this something that I mean? This dialogue that we're having right now uh, and in particular about this idea of like deep connection and, and trying to find that is this because uh, I know you do you do coaching like like sex and relationship coaching is this a big par- part of the dialogue that you have with clients
1: so yes it is um, it depends on where where the clients are in their own journey you know um, if some if people come to me who've already been maybe meditating for a bunch of years um, or done been doing some kind of practice spiritual practice of some sort then this stuff is going to make a lot more sense Um, Mm -hmm. a lot of times people are working on the embodiment the community and the communication piece which is kind of where I started Um, because for many many people that's just not online at all Um, because we're not taught that Um, We're not taught that in school, we're not taught that by adults, we're not taught that by each other necessarily. And so that's like the beginning is just sort of a re-education of what sexual communication and embodiment can be. But then um for folks that are maybe more experienced we we can start to get into this stuff but that's not to say that we can't get into it right away because what you were saying actually is very exciting this idea of oh i've had that experience or i've known this since i was born or mm. before i was born right like i i find that very exciting and very true so whether it's about sex or whether it's just um uh, and when I use the word spiritual, I just want to be clear that, you know, I'm not religious. I'm not Buddhist. I'm not, I'm not anything. I'm, you know, I'm, it's all really beautiful and interesting. And I see it all points to the same place, um, which is no place, which is every place. Um, but, uh, I just use spiritual cause it's just, it's just easy to just use that word, but mm-hmm. translate it into whatever the hell you want. Um, but, uh, so whether it's having those kinds of experiences in sex or whether it's having a spiritual experience um, or whether it's just a experience of um, complete mindfulness and presence, we've all had them. You know, I remember the first time I saw the Grand Canyon, I hadn't been, I'd, I'd meditated as a little child. And then every once in a while, I'd like find myself doing some meditation and be like, oh, that was weird. And then back to life. But I remember when I saw the Grand Canyon, it was just like, the mind completely went quiet. The body completely joined everything. It was a moment of total oneness and emptiness, you know, the bliss and the void. And it was, it was because it was so amazing and vast and unspeakable like what I was experiencing. And so we have these experiences. It could be a really good meal. And you just like you lose your sense of self you stop being this solid separate self and you join with the 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 smells and the tastes and the textures of of this plate of food right and it might only be for a few seconds but we've all had these experiences and a lot of us have had them during sex as well and i often i often hear it explained like that like i didn't, I didn't know what that was and like i didn't know how to make it happen again mm-hmm. so here's the thing we don't want to chase after experiences because then that's just, it's resistance and it, but you can totally have that experience again. Like mm-hmm. we can train ourselves, um, to be, to be here now you know, we can train ourselves to feel our bodies. We can train ourselves To watch the walls move. That doesn't, it's not because like I'm a spiritual master. It's because I like stared at walls for a long time. You know what I mean? Until it stops being a wall. Until it stops being a wall. And I've also done a lot of meditation. So, you know, you may or may not notice something like that immediately, but you can pretty quickly notice the movement and change in your body just by feeling your breath. And, the The thing that's important when we're starting to bring this into sex is that for most of us, there's a lot of layers of mind and emotion to work through. Um, and so we got to be willing to work on that too, you know, and to be deeply honest with ourselves about what's true.
0: Mm. You, um, uh, before we were recording, um, right. So we're sitting here and we're talking about, you know, how to, how to have, a. Uh, a life-altering sexual experience by giving someone a blowjob in a bathroom, uh, and and which is blowing my mind. And we, I, I didn't expect us to go in this direction uh, when we started, but before we started recording, we were asking, you know, what are some things that you, you would be interested in talking about? And one thing that um, I think would be really valuable to dive into was you had mentioned talking about jealousy, which is, you know, we, I think we, as a podcast, we have a lot of people that write in, Uh, for, we have a segment on the show where we, we just offer advice or we, we read questions from people and and try to answer them as, as friends from no, from no professional background whatsoever. We're just offering friendly advice. (laughs) Um, but one of the things that comes in a lot is, you know, um, how do I better my sex life? Which I think we just touched on pretty well. Mm -hmm. Uh, but another big one is, is jealousy, um, especially from like a polyamory standpoint, you know, it's people who like maybe aren't polyamorous or are hoping to explore polyamory, but they're big. The big thing that pushes them away from it is the concept of jealousy or how to even deal with the jealousy that comes with that. Um, What I know that you, you can speak to jealousy from both, both like a monogamous and polyamorous perspective. Um, What are you, what are your thoughts on, on jealousy?
1: Yeah, so um, jealousy is an amazing, amazing teacher and an amazing vehicle for growth and for healing. So for most people, there is an aspect of abandonment involved with jealousy. Um, And when we're willing to fully experience and work with in a mindful conscious way our jealousy, we get this opportunity to have like a direct path to healing our abandonment issues. And most of us have some level of that, right? Some level. Um, I know that I certainly do. Um, And for me, I, I had like really hardcore jealousy. Um, I was violent, Once, when I was in my early twenties, towards a girlfriend, Um, we were violent to each other. I mean, it was a mess. Police restraining orders, the whole thing. But this was one occasion where I struck out. Um, I I threw a phone at her, and I threw a phone at her, and then like punched her in the arm to get the phone away from her because I wanted to um, call the woman that she had had sex with and tell her to never come back again or whatever. I had no place doing this. Like I had a boyfriend at the time like it was all just a big right. like 20-year-old mess. But um um but I remember that happening and you know it really it really scared me and I immediately was like that will never happen again and it never did happen again with anybody. Um but that's how bad it was. Like it was at that level for me where it was as if I was in like a cyclone you know like it, i remember it felt like there was wind all around yeah
2: me,
0: you know jealousy is like that right like yeah. it, it's it's it we it's the emotion that feels like it is permanent it
3: feels like it's killing you. it like i it i feel poison. when i feel jealousy
0: I, when i feel anger man i fucking feel anger but i know that anger will pass when i feel elation God, it feels good, and I, it, I, I want to hold on to it, but I know it's not going to last. When I feel jealousy, I'm like, "Well, this is it. This is the way I live for the rest of my life. This fucking feeling's never going to go away." You know, it's like the, it's just—it's so all-encompassing. I don't—I've never felt an emotion like the way I feel jealousy.
3: Oh, it's sickening. <laughs> it's sickening. It makes me want to run away. Mm, yeah, yeah.
1: Fight, flight, freeze. Right? Yeah. 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 So, I mean, for me, it was intense on that level because um, when I, for example, my dad used to always tell us when he got mad that he was going to leave and never come back and he'd never have to pay child support again and he'd never, you know, have to deal with our mom again. And so that's what he'd say to us, right? Well, one day when I was, I don't know, 11 or 12, I was up in his bedroom looking for the joy of sex, actually, (laughs) because I really liked looking at it. (laughs) I liked reading it and looking at the pictures, but I didn't find that. Instead, I found a stack of books under some t-shirts that were about how to change your identity and disappear forever. Whoa. Yeah, and it was like three of them from the library. And, how many uh,
0: books of um, how many of those books exist? It must have <laughs> I been all of them. Yeah, maybe so. Um,
1: I mean, this is before the internet, yeah, right? So it's right. like he had to go and find. How to abandon your
0: identity
3: Fuck. for dummies? <laughs> yeah, Canadian <exactly. laughs> edition.
2: Yeah,
1: but like suddenly it became really very real.
2: Yeah, you know, yeah, I was like, right.
1: oh shit! No, he never did that. He did die. He died of cancer via alcoholism. Um, so ultimately, he did. He did leave. But um, we all do. Um, but he, he was this beautiful, artistic, spiritual, awesome, just amazing man who also had severe childhood trauma and was a really bad alcoholic. And so in a certain way, he abandoned me every single day. You know what I mean? Like, um, and so there was that. And then I was kicked out of the house at 14. So there was that. And then I got kicked out of another house. And then I got kicked out of another house. Like I was always getting thrown out of places. Um... And so there was a lot of abandonment. And then there was just, you know, having young parents who um, were doing the best they could do and both had it really rough as kids. And so there's all the abandonments in that from probably very early on. Probably intergenerational trauma. Exactly. 100%. Yeah. Um, And so when I got jealous, it wasn't just you might like that person or you may have had sex with that person. It was every moment of abandonment i had ever experienced being re-experienced yeah and i didn't know that at 20 Mm. At 20 i was just like you're bad i'm good you did wrong i'm right you know um but when i was older wiser and had had a bunch of years of meditation under my belt i it still really was sucky but it was um very very different experience so Mm. jealousy is made up of of three things it's made up of emotional sensations in our bodies and images in our minds and words in our minds Mm. and that's it (laughs) now it may trigger some other uh responses you know there might be chemical sort of responses that happen in the body and all that especially dealing with trauma right because if i got jealous i had a trauma response i would I could be known to vomit, to have diarrhea, to start my whole body to start shaking, my brain to stop working, like literally just stop working, my heart to start pounding so fast that I couldn't breathe. I would have a full on PTSD trigger response.
2: Mm.
1: So, yes, there was a whole host of things that happened. But trauma aside, it's made up of three things it's made up of thoughts, visual, thoughts, auditory, and emotional sensations which is also what every other experience you ever have as a human is made up of save maybe those grand Canyon moments, right? Everything, the things that you enjoy, the things that you hate, the, the, all of it, all of it, all of it. Like, and I've just sat and watched this for so, so many hours and the teachers that I really trust say the same thing. That is all that the self is made of. And so, you can learn to practice observing, deconstructing that experience. And so you s- just, you sit down you take 10 minutes, 15 minutes, and you start to observe emotional sensation in your body. Try doing this when you're not feeling super jealous to start.
2: <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: and so you just feel like even right now, you know, just notice, is there anything in my body that could be considered emotional? It doesn't need to be an obvious emotional sensation. It doesn't need to be huge. It doesn't need to be negative. It could be positive, right? Like, I'm aware of a couple different emotional sensations um, in my chest. I can feel a little bit of an ache because like in the background, I know that my sister and my niece are not here. They were just visiting and like they flew away today and like my heart's a little bit broken. So like I can feel that and then I can feel some sort of like excitement because this is fun talking to the two of you and I can sort of feel that over here sort of bubbling up a little bit and you know, there's a variety of emotional sensations. And so you sit and you, you feel those. And then you notice the thoughts, right? You notice there's um, some auditory thinking, there's some visual thinking, and you don't try to stop it or change it. So you're not trying to quiet your mind at all with this meditation. You're just observing what's there and you're noticing, oh, there's some image, there's some mental talk, there's some emotional sensation. You're feeling the sensation, you're looking at the images, you're listening to the words, not the content, but the activity, This is all just flowing activity, right? So you sit and you observe this process, this activity of a self, and you do it every day. Do it for 10 minutes, 15 minutes, half hour every day. Then in a moment where you're experiencing jealousy, you experience it as thought and emotion. And that's what it is. It doesn't mean that it's easy and it doesn't mean you get don't get pulled under the waves mm. and then come back up. But if you keep practicing it, what starts to happen is you supercharge your meditation practice and you supercharge <laughs> your healing process and you supercharge your ability to be with really intense emotions like like jealousy, jealousy, mm-hmm. which causes violence, jealousy, which people kill each other over, you know, you can actually get to the point where it is just a wave of sensation and a flutter of activity, and that is it. And then you're back in it again, mm-hmm. and then you're up. Mm-hmm. It's like you're in and out of the waves, and then eventually it gets to the point where whatever emotion, emotional experience is occurring, you can witness it as activity and experience it as activity. So that's the sort of sort of dry version, not dry, but like that's that's kind of (laughs) hardcore. Okay, it's Mm sort of hardcore. And when I really put this into practice, it was like two weeks of hell. Okay, because uh, the partner I had got a an, another partner, and like it was my all my idea. Like I was like, yeah, I'm ready. Let's do this. And but then it really triggered some abandonment stuff for me. But I had all this practice. So for about two weeks, like I just like was I- getting knocked down by the waves coming back up, getting knocked down by the waves coming back up. The end of that two weeks, like I was completely different when it came to jealousy, completely different. Um, but it also requires a lot of self love. So you can't just observe and deconstruct these experiences. You also have to give love to all these parts of self that are arising because what I found were like little girl versions of me who were like, dad, why are your eyes like that? Why are you falling down? You know, like that little girl needed like love and care. So I had to like step away from the current day. Like, oh, I'm jealous because you're dating this woman to like, oh, sweetheart, Like, you poor baby, like, let me just hold you and let me just, like, rock you and let me just tell you how beautiful and special and how I'm never, ever, ever, ever leaving you. So it's this combination. And then, of course, writing comes in, you know, writing it all out and then talking to people. So you said advice just as friends, but Mm. that's actually incredibly powerful Mm -hmm. because even now when it's become much more – it just – more normal to hear someone's in an open relationship or is polyamorous. It's still not the norm. Right. And yeah. so to be able to talk to somebody who understands that is huge to be able to talk to someone who's been there, who's had the experience that's life saving. Mm-hmm. So it's not. Yeah. yeah. Because,
0: it, because in those moments in life where you don't feel like there's someone there where you feel isolated, or you feel like you're the only one. Um, those are the, those are some of the hardest moments that anyone will ever go through. You know, it it was like, I mean, it was, it wasn't fucking easy for us because we, no. we didn't really have, um, when we opened things up and we became polyamorous, we didn't, we didn't really have anyone that we could kind of go to and, and talk to about it. Aside from our friends that like, although they weren't in it, they were extraordinarily open-minded like those. And those were the people that mm-hmm. we had. But in terms of like peers that were actually doing similar things, there wasn't many
3: yeah, it, it the we get so many emails that are like we're talking about opening our relationship or we we tried it and something happened and I got insanely jealous. Tell us how to get how to make jealousy not a thing anymore. And <laughs> it's so funny. It's like, well, look, if you're going to be a hedonist, <laughs> it takes a lot of work. <laughs> it does. You got to work on it constantly. You know, it's not all like feeling the sen- the pleasurable sensations. There's a lot of muck to wade through mm. and it's, it feels, I'm so glad you brought in the self-love part. Um, like a loving kindness meditation has been huge for me in my practice working with jealousy. If if I find that I'm feeling jealous of someone my partner might like or might remember or might be thinking of, I secretly <laughs> to myself, um, I picture that person, That may or may not be any real threat. I could have completely made it up, and I think of them and I go, maybe happy, maybe free, maybe free from suffering. Maybe you have all of the wonderful things, and and I just am like, because yeah, that's the way that I do it. I am like, I am going to kill them with kindness, (laughs) Um, but but yeah, the self love part because it's it's such an ugly feeling. It feels so it feels like you're looking experiencing the worst side of yourself personally when I'm jealous it's like why am I so petty I'm insecure I'm like I should be more confident you know but I it 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 can be a real like it can take a real number and it's I, I it's like once you know that you have power it's I get you can even get resentful of that and you're like oh fuck I wish I didn't know this I wish I didn't have these tools so I could just indulge and throw my temper tantrum and like be wild um like when you become
0: a yoga teacher and you're like ah fuck now now I know when my body hurts yeah and instead before I just was so uh, unaware of my body that like I was walking around in pain and ignorance was bliss and now now I feel it everywhere God damn it. Why did I take that yoga teacher training?
1: (laughs) (laughs) The very first article I ever wrote, um, for the, the blog that I write write for, which is called deconstructing yourself was called, um, I'm glad I took the red pill.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And
1: it's very much like that. It's like, you know, there comes a time where you, you wake up and you, you just can't go back to sleep. And it doesn't matter if you stop meditating or doing yoga. It doesn't matter if you start doing a bunch of drugs, like you'll never really fully go back to sleep. Mm. And, um, there have certainly been times where I was like, I want the steak, like, you know, like the, for people that don't know what I'm talking about. It's like in the Matrix, you, he, there's a guy that's, you know, taken out of the Matrix and then all he wants is to get back into the Matrix yeah. and eat a real steak, you know, not this slop they have on the spaceship. Um, but ultimately, there's no steak in the world that's worth um, trading being awake to what we really are and Mm -hmm. the potential impossibility, right? Which is limitless and endless. Like you can be on this journey for, you know, 40 or 50 years and, and just be beginning, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, because it's always, um, there's always a new, um, way of, uh, waking up to, to, to what you are and, 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 um, what it is to
3: be a part of all this. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, I don't remember if this was on the recording or not, but I'd love to talk about, uh, your experience with me too, because you said you wrote your book and you, in your book, you wrote about an experience you had and then me too happened and it changed the way that you saw that experience. And I feel like though we're kind of, we're, come we're, a, we're a little, we've progressed now since the, um, the immediate intensity of that movement, I think. But I personally find myself walking around in my relationship, um, sometimes being like, am I angry for myself in this moment? Cause I all, something will happen. I'll be like, that's the patriarchy, which we all exist in. And we all live in, and we all support with our actions day to day. I'm not like, the men are, you know, the men are doing this to me. But there seems to be this, like, collective, like, woundedness and, like, waking up of anger, I think, I feel, in a lot of the women I know. Um, and how how has your practice changed um, in the aftermath of of that
2: so yeah
1: so I, th- I think we we did um at the beginning of the conversation talk about that my experience of what i just i called non-consensual sex changed into in my experience rape <coughs> through writing the book and then through the me too um m- movement occurring um, specifically kevin spacey actually um there was one of his survivors who completely just like told my story i was like that's what it that's what happened to me Hmm. like i mean it's different details but like it was he explained how it felt and like what it was and i was like wait and he he's calling that rape oh like it just it just and i knew that like i like i said in the book i was like this might be rape for you and like we we get to make those decisions it wasn't for me but yeah it really changed so personally it changed on that level um so one of the things that's been really interesting to me is um the men um and what that conversation looks like um one of my teachers uh ajashanti i was listening to a recording actually of his wife talking about something he had said he was at a party with a lot of liberals, a lot of Democrats. And he said, and and this was a while back, um, but he said, until you can see God in George Bush, your awakening is nowhere near complete. I agree. (laughs) Um, So when Trump was elected, I did a live stream of sending him loving kindness. So much to your like, uh, Mm. you know, sending it to this person you're feeling jealous about. And some people were very angry Mm. and some people were really, really into it. And it's all that I know to do because um, more separation doesn't work. It doesn't work. So that's not to say that I like him. It's not to say I agree with him, but I work to see myself and everything else in him not in like a we all have that side but in a we are completely not separate
3: we're not free until we're all free kind of (laughs) well sure but i'm even in a more like
1: like basic way like we are made of the same stuff Mm. and there is literally no separation so for me obviously me too is has been incredibly important personally culturally on every level and it needed to happen and it needs to continue to happen right Mm -hmm. like that's just like a beginning but for me we totally miss the power of it if we use it as a way to to just keep othering and so if we if when i hear somebody say um i hate men or men blah 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 i'm just like that doesn't that doesn't help us yeah that doesn't help us there's an amazing book actually called the power and it's about women get this power and um, it, it, I won't tell too much. It, it's, it comes up immediately in the beginning of the book, but like they, basically they just recreate what we already have, except women are in charge.
0: Yeah. It's just like, a, it's a pendulum Yeah, that just will swing from one extreme to the next. Right. And that doesn't help anyone.
1: It doesn't. And so, yes, there needs to be lots of change. And yes, it, it, I'm not at all blind to that and I can say love is everything and also go out and march and I can say we're all connected and we're all one and I can also be very vocal about like what what I think we need to to do to like save humans not the planet the planet will be fine um but to save humans um but at the same time any movement that is based on deepening hate and deepening separation. I'm not really interested in. Um I don't think it's the answer. And so I've tried in in a, as loving and kind and sensitive way as possible to continue to to speak and move from that place. And again, I try to be sensitive about it because some cisgender white chick being like oh it's all love and you know you you don't don't hate anybody love everybody like um all people matter or whatever um you know like that's not me and on a much deeper level that is me (laughs) like Mm -hmm. so it's like how to talk about that in a way that's not completely disrespectful in a way that's not completely triggering um But I think we need to be having this conversation all together and I've really enjoyed working with some of my male clients who've come to me to say like I don't even know how to be with women anymore. I don't know how to talk to them. I don't know how to ask them out. I don't know how to have sex with them. Like uh, I feel like everything I do is going to be part of the problem. And um, also men who have all had their fair share of this stuff like you know how many guys in hollywood i've talked to who were when the me too thing was happening was like oh yeah like this woman or that guy or this woman or that like men and women people of all genders um who did the same thing but they just didn't say the guy you know the guys i know i just went with it like what are you gonna do and so it's like that gets ignored sexual abuse against men gets ignored to a certain extent so
3: yeah um, I we we talked to Jamie earlier, and he he brought up this um, he he was like a lot of men weren't raised by their their by with a mass with a with a by a man, and um whether that's like an absent father or just um uh you know maybe a father is doing the best he he could, but he also didn't get passed down any sort of um leadership or or guidance in that way. And on my road trip that I've been on the last little while, I listened to this podcast called On Being. Do you know this podcast, I love it. Krista Tippett. Oh my God, she's amazing. Uh, I listened to a conversation she had with uh, Richard Rohr, um, who's a, a friar, and I don't exactly know what that means, but he he does a lot of work in prisons, mm-hmm. and he he was saying that the common thing with the the men in the prisons is that they had no they had no dad, and he really he whatever it was about this conversation made me feel so deeply compassionate for men in the world who are they want to we all want to be good you know and like they want to be good and it is a I think it's a really scary time for that for for all the reasons that you're saying but for for women too like we don't know what we're supposed to be doing either because we're told that we're we can do anything we we which we sometimes translate to you can do everything and then just it just becomes so hard to relate to each other
2: yeah
1: absolutely I was uh I taught a a five-day retreat at Esalen um called sexual well-being the next revolution this past year and uh and the question came up of to this group of 20 you know mix of ages and um genders um has has the me too movement Um, improved your sex life and half the room said yes and half the room said no and that was men and women you know and and this isn't to say that I I think all of them would agree that it's an important thing that needed to happen but like it it's it's been it's been polarizing and confusing Mm -hmm. and I think we we're in this like call-out culture you know where you can't say anything you can't say anything because you're gonna offend somebody one way or the other and so people are scared to ask People are scared to ask the question like, you know, and it's and that that to me is like, I mean, that's why I'm passionate about about the sexuality pieces, because people are afraid to talk about sex in all in all ways. And a big part of my job is to just talk about it. You know, it's not, I'm not, I don't think of myself as a sex sexpert. Like I'm not going to know like the, the cutting edge sex toy for you to use, but I can sit there and I can talk to you about sex and I'm not going to be ashamed and I can model that and I can help you learn to model that. And we can hopefully like heal the world that way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Um, but I will say one of the things I've noticed um, coming back to, to where you started with sort of that feeling of anger and like walking around and like having these moments of like, am I angry? I'm angry. I'm angry. You know, just recently, I was watching Bombshell. You know, the the movie about the Fox Network and the the um, the 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 whole thing that happened there with um, sexual misconduct and sexual assault. And um, I was crying when Margot Robbie. There's a moment with Margot Robbie where she says what happened to her, and I just, I just start crying. And it wasn't like I was sitting around like I'm angry and I'm sad about the situation, but when it's pre- presented and I'm open to it. Like, yeah, it's it is. It is painful and it is scary. And like I didn't know how much armor I was walking around with. Because I've always been I've always had a lot of masculine energy. Um and I've also like I've been pretty good at just like I've got some street smarts, you know what I mean? And and um and I've never sort of there's a lot of experiences that I hear other women have had that I haven't had. Um but I didn't realize until the Me Too movement how much armor I actually was walking around with, how much I needed to protect myself every single day just to get through the day and how nice it is to be about to turn 40. And it's ch- it's starting to change. It's not the same as like literally walking out of the house and being basically like verbally and visually assaulted every single day. <laughs> like I didn't realize until the Me Too movement
3: like what an effect that had on me. You know what I mean? 100% I know what that that feels like and I love that you describe it as armor because that physically feels right to me like in terms of like my heart is my heart or my mind is a little bit on guard all the time but also the weight of that it's like shit this isn't mine to carry around all day every day and I'm exhausted and I'm and I'm only realizing that in the moments where I actually feel like I can relax and take the armor off and I go oh my god Oh my god! It's like walking around, performing all day. In a way, it's, it takes a certain amount of energetic output just to be on guard, and it and it is so. I mean, you know, it, it uh, when Me Too happened, I heard a lot of people, myself included, included, go, "Well, no, I I was I was never raped, so not like not Me Too, but." um but then I would remember things like feeling unsafe when um walking down the street at night alone in the city or someone like grabbing my butt in a bar and things like that. And I am like, oh, yeah, that I guess that chips away that like builds up. Yeah. And it's just so much a part of
1: like. It was it was so much a part of our culture. I was telling my sister the other night we were looking at old pictures, and I was like, "Oh, that's that guy who you were never supposed to pass out around." And she's like, "What?" And I'm like, "Oh yeah, we all knew, all the girls knew that you don't want to fall asleep or pass out drunk around him because you'd wake up and he'd be doing things to you." Mm. And it was just that's just how it was. Act. Oh, isn't that funny? Yeah, ha ha! Right. You yeah. know what I mean? Just don't fall asleep around him. And I mean, now that seems insane, <laughs>
3: yeah. but that wasn't that long. Teachers, no. teachers in my yeah. high school. Yeah. Just make sure you put a sweater on when you go into. The that class because they'll stare at your boobs if you don't Mm -hmm. it's like yeah we'll just adapt we'll just adapt to that and make that totally normal and then when you're someone who's
1: always been like and i'm I'm guessing like sexuality has been something you've been interested in it's like for me like like people just they assume that's what they get like Mm. i just had this experience Mm. last year where i was in a place with people that you would think would be beyond this and because of the fact that I talk openly about sex, because it's, like, part of who I am, this person, much, much older than me, much more in a position of power um, in certain ways, um just expected that that was going to happen. And I thought I was being, like, mentored and befriended and, like, taken care of by this much older person. Nope, nope. Just trying to, like, have us Wanted to have a spiritual experience with me. Spiritual experience mm. with me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm, like... Go, go do that with your wife. You want me to coach you? Like, cause like I'm a grown woman and, and I, but, but at the same time, like I still felt that sort of like that shame and like, what did I do wrong? And I'm like, whoa, interesting. Always more to learn.
3: That feeling of, um, I was talking about it a little yesterday with Eva, was of like, like you said, you're, you're sexual. You speak about sexuality. You coach other people in, in sexuality and the assumptions that people will make of, of that um, it almost feels sometimes it this podcast uh, the same way like I even though I do this I still have to have a guard up just in case the person I'm talking to might get the wrong impression and then again that's a huge emotional or a huge energetic output of energy just mm-hmm. to be like this is what I'm saying but I'm trying to convey so much more And, uh, do you have, do you ever experience that? I mean, with this podcast, you get approached way more often than I do to hook up for, you know, dates. Hey, you're polyamorous. I'm single. Let's Mm -hmm. go hang out. I don't, uh, nobody ever really approaches me like that, but you get it a lot. Do you, do you feel on guard when you meet new people?
0: Uh, not really, but I'm, I also move through the world pretty, like I'm pretty aloof I think like I I, I'm and I'm not very observant to that kind of stuff unless it's like blatantly obvious and then and when it is I'm always like what (laughs) you know like uh not not but not really because most of the time I I truly like I I I'm just kind of blind to that that stuff I think um I I feel like if I oh maybe I shouldn't say this uh uh, I I feel like I'm very lucky that I am a man because I feel like if I was a woman I would probably be I, I would very much likely have been like taken advantage of a lot and not even really like noticed it because um, you
3: don't see it coming
0: yeah yeah you know I mean like it, in a way like we've talked about this a lot where it's like I have no fucking clue when someone's flirting with me it could be so obvious and I'm just like, like we're best friends you know like that's I just I don't I don't uh and I don't know if I'm choosing to not look at it or I don't know what that is.
3: Yeah, I wonder because I, I, the other connection I was making is with all this mindfulness and being aware of sensations in your body and it would I would think and I feel that it makes you maybe more attuned to other people's body language and mm. the energy that they're circulating and putting out. So you as a as a pretty aware you're pretty aware of your body and your energy. Yeah. Um, to not pick up those types of signals. And again,
0: I'm wondering if it's a choice, right? like Mm. a choice that I'm, uh, that I'm actually just not listening to that I'm making, um, that I'm making subconsciously. Mm. I don't know, but I will say this, like in this conversation right now and the conversation we just had an hour ago and the conversation we had yesterday with Eva, like I, I am feeling more, I'm feeling like, um, I feel like I've just gone through like five years of therapy and like, I'm like, well, what am I going to be when I return to Halifax? Like I, this is like, I just feel, and, and I, I'm, I, I'm thinking about the listeners. I'm thinking about, you know, because we're going to release these chronologically. I'm just like, wow, I hope there's, I hope there's a lot of people out there listening the way that I'm, I'm listening and mm-hmm. feel the way that I feel right now. Cause I feel having said that, like I feel great. I feel great about like all this work that I, I want to, go do for Mm -hmm. myself you know the thing that like these things that continuously come up over these last three conversations like there's a theme here it's like the importance of listening to yourself so that you can listen to others and the importance of loving yourself so that you can indeed love others and again it's like coming back sort of full circle it's like that thing that I've already I already knew this I already know that but I'm hearing it from these people in a way that I, I haven't thought about it that way, or maybe I haven't thought about it that way in a long time. And it's a really beautiful reminder. Mm. Mm. Um, Yeah.
1: Yeah. I, um, <clears throat> I think it's important as we're learning to, to To listen to ourselves, to others, to love ourselves and others, to know that there's no perfect way to do it. No.
0: Right? Yeah, like, it's yeah. like,
1: because there can be this sort of idea, of, you got to love yourself. And then it's like, oh, man, I, you know, I, I drank too much coffee or I, you know, I bit my fingernails or, you know, I didn't, you know, I didn't take care of that bill and it got over do and I must not love myself enough. Right. (laughs) But it's just like, no, you're human and you're just one day at a time, one moment at a time doing, doing your best to love yourself and it it gets easier and easier. And then you find new parts of yourself to love and Mm -hmm, new parts of other mm -hmm. people to love. Um, and yeah, so I think that's, I think that's, I think that's a super important piece of it is to, to not be trying to do it perfectly. Yeah.
0: (laughs) On that note, uh, Jessica, this has been just a really fantastic, uh, opportunity, uh, I, I think for myself and for our listeners to get to know you and, and to hear, uh, some of the wisdom that you have, cause it's, it's clearly, um, it's something that resonates mm. f- personally. And I, I, I'm, I know I'm speaking for the two of us when I say that. Um, so thank you so much for taking your time mm. today to come hang out with us and, and to share, because it, it really does mean the, the world to us.
1: Yeah, my pleasure. Thank you so much for getting in touch. And what a what a lovely way to spend a, a Sunday afternoon.
0: Yeah. Um, How
1: can people uh, find, yes. find you? Yes. Yeah, so you can find me at yourwildawakening.com. That's my website um, for, for teaching and speaking and my coaching and all of that. Um, and then I've got a YouTube channel with a ton of um, content on there, uh, mindful sex and, and and just meditation in general, and then um, I uh, I have my Instagram, which is Jessica Clark Graham, and then I'm pretty active on Facebook with live streams as well. Cool. Um, cool. So yeah, I'm I'm on the internet. <laughs> and
0: your book's available pretty much uh, everywhere. Wherever
1: books are sold. Books are sold. So get it, if you want, get it on Amazon, quick and cheap, or support your local bookstore. And if they don't have it, then ask them to order it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and yeah, that's, uh, and that's out now in a Dutch version and cool. it's going to be on a Czech version as well. Sweet. Wow. So, yeah. So if either of those languages appeals to you, you can uh, <laughs> get it in those as well. Again,
0: that's uh, good sex getting off without checking out by Jessica Clark Graham. Um, Jessica Rose Clark Graham. Jessica Rose Clark, <laughs> or Clark if, Graham. Or if
1: you want to find me just Jessica Graham, because <laughs> yeah, most, most of it, most of it is uh, under that.
0: Um, well, again, thank you so much. This has been really, really sweet. Thank you. And thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, that's it for this week. Uh, and until next week, uh, what you could do is just pop over to Apple Podcasts and leave a rating and a review of the show and hit the subscribe button if you haven't done that already. But although although you've, you've probably done it if you're listening right now. But maybe you're, the, you're a first time listener. And you're just so smitten with the show that you don't want to miss out next week. So hit that button and go tell your best friend to do the same thing. Um, and if you want to support the show further than that, uh, one of the big reasons why I was able to come down here and meet Bridey in the middle of her uh, North American road trip is because of all the support that we've we've had over on Patreon. So head on over to patreoncom on if you want to support with your hard-earned dollars.
3: You can reach out to us directly at at gmail.com or right through our website, Um We'd love to hear from you, especially if you want to be a guest on the show or you have any advice you'd like uh, from a friend, from friends, from your friends over here at Turn Me On Podcast. Uh, yeah, shoot, hit us up.
0: Um, that is it for this week. Until next week. Go fuck yourself.